What's up? Welcome to Project Freelance. My name is Kay Inagonio, and I'm your host here on this podcast all about freelancing. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to my friend Richard Rogers. He is one of the vocalists for the band Secrets. And this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about touring full-time, going from nothing to being signed to a label, to touring full-time, to when COVID hit and suddenly not being able to tour at all. What that did to Richard and his band and what challenges they face and what they did during quarantine and what they're doing after COVID is gone, what their plans are. We talk about them evolving as a band, going through a couple different vocalists until they settled on Wade Walters, who is now their vocalist, and what that's been like for Richard to grow as a musician. So before we get into it, there's a few housekeeping things, the first of which being, are you investing your money wisely? If you're not investing your money, if you're not planning for the long term, if you're not planning for retirement now, you are already behind. The sooner you can start investing, the better off you will be in the long term. So for you, I have a little gift. It's four free stocks when you sign up with my Weeble link down in the description. If you want to start investing in the stock market, check out Weeble. They are a great platform, better than Robinhood. We all know what happened with Robinhood. I did a few spots for Robinhood earlier in this podcast, but we're using Weeble now, so we're going to stick with them for a while. Hopefully, they continue to do great things. And if you want to get into the cryptocurrency space, that being, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, there's so many coins out there, check out Coinbase. I've got a referral link down in the description. You will get... $10 of Bitcoin when you sign up today and deposit $100 or more. Thank you guys for doing that. The next thing I need to let you know about is that I have a photography book out called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. If you guys are into abandoned photography, that's what I do when I'm not freelancing. I explore abandoned places. And if you guys want to listen to some crazy urban exploration stories, I actually have a second podcast called No Tracers. Check it out. It's awesome. I have a lot of fun doing that podcast. And I think I actually have more listeners on that podcast than I do on this podcast, which I think is very interesting. So last thing I need to let you know about is that we have a partner here on the podcast, and that is Liquid Death Water. If you are a human that drinks water, which is probably most of the people listening to this show, here's an ad I made for Liquid Death. Check it out and pick up some liquid death today. Don't worry, I have a discount for you. Check it out in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. So if you would like to pick up a case or 20 cases of Liquid Death, I see you guys ordering. I see your conversions on the back end of the affiliate site. I see you ordering 20 cases of water. Thank you for doing that. But if you want 10% off your entire order, just use code just the letter K or hit the link down in the description and you will get that 10% discount automatically if you hit the link in the description. Thank you guys for supporting me, supporting what Liquid Death is doing and supporting this podcast. All right, without further ado, Richard, can you please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience? 
Uh, I'm Richard from the band Secrets, and that's that's all I do. I drive Uber sometimes. Amazing. So, <laughs> so talk to me about how you got into music. Like, tell me the story of Secrets and and what what inspired you to get into music in the first place. Damn, I haven't thought about that in so long. I started playing music when I was 15, because um, I live like by that time I was out of San Diego and in this really small town in the desert where the it's called Richcrest, California. Uh, Mark Hoffis is actually from there. We swapped. He moved to San Diego from Richcrest. I moved from San Diego to Richcrest. But basically, the only thing to do there is like meth, work on the bass skateboard or play music so i started playing music and skateboarding and uh yeah wow. i mean the secrets thing the secrets thing happened like over email it was pretty trippy you know billy right billy candler he's like our old manager of course yeah so he emailed me i was in a different band and i was living up in uh northern california i think i was like 21 at this time um He's like, yo, join this band. We're starting this band. Um, and we need a singer guitarist. I was like, nah, sounds trippy, dude. I don't even know you. And then finally, like after a few months, I was thinking about it. Cause he was like, we're gonna, we're, you guys are gonna get signed. It's gonna be this crazy thing. And uh, after like a few months, I finally, he emailed me again. I was like, okay, let's do it. So I flew out to Florida. We recorded three songs. It's where I met like Xander, Joe, and uh, Sherman and everybody. And that was it. We actually did get signed. So you went from nothing to a signed band like that? Yeah. Yeah. We were just like a local band with one EP out. And uh, we wrote those three songs, um, like The Oath. and <laughs> The Oath, Somewhere in Hiding. And I think it was like 40 Below. And we got signed off of that. Wow. Yeah, but I think it was circumstantial. Wow. What was that like for you? Uh, it was crazy. I don't know. It was all so fast. I was just excited. Like, after we recorded the record, we were signed within a month. Well, the three songs. Signed within a month, going back out to Florida. And we played shows on the way to Florida. Because we were working with um, Tom Denny. And... Uh, I didn't really have time to adjust to all of it. Like, it was just like, go, go, go. Finished the record, did shows on the way back, and then we were on our f first tour with um, Jamie's Elsewhere, getting paid $50 a night and pizza. $50 a night and pizza, man. That's that's what we do. We do it for the pizza and the, the 50 bucks so you can get gas and go to the next city. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I don't know if I could do it now, though. But I was so young, you know, I was 21 then. I'm 32 now. Yeah. And for for you guys, like what around what year was this that you guys got signed and, and started touring? 2010, technically, but 2011 was our first tour. And like when that when the record was released. So tell me about that first tour. Like, what was that experience like for you? Because I remember my first tour. I was in a van and like we didn't have a heat shield on the floor and there were holes burned in our socks and it was the middle of winter and it was awful. <laughs> like, tell me about your first time on the road. Uh, we we had a decent van, actually. Um, 
So what do we do? It was like two weeks with Jamie's Elsewhere. We were playing like coffee shops, some actual venues. So I don't know. It was super just, is nomadic the right word? I don't know. I can't, I don't think I can say the word that I'm thinking of saying. I think it's a bad term now. Um, it was weird, dude. I felt like a hippie in skinny jeans. So from there, tell me like the progression of, of your career from that first tour onward. Like where did you, where did you want to go from that first tour? Cause you said like, you kind of just like were thrown in kind of to the deep end and, and you, everything was so fast at the beginning. Like where, what happened after that? Like, did you have any goals at that point? Like we want secrets to be at this level or touring with these certain bands. Did you have like, like any specific bands you wanted to tour with at that time? I mean, at that time, all we wanted to do was um, tour with like a day to remember or Pierce the Veil. That was like, that was the ceiling, you know? Because uh, it was stylistically, it was just the best fit for us. But we we never did. But we did get other really good tours. Like every, after the first one, the Jamie's Elsewhere tour, like they were all really dope people. And some of the shows were amazing. We did, um, shit, Oh Sleeper, which was awesome too, but still like just a tear up from the first one. And then from there, it was, uh, I think it was, um, it was the Sleeping With Sirens tour, their first headliner. Wow. So, so the progression that I was looking for, I didn't even have to think about it because of who was working with us and who was setting us up this way, which I, I don't know. I, we probably didn't even deserve it, but it was, it was pretty awesome. And then from there, it was just, good tour good tour good tour we did like uh scream it like you mean it back in 2012 or something so we were just basically never home so and when we would start one tour in the middle of it we would have another one already planned out so the regression was always kind of happening and i was just like okay let's just keep this going that was all i could think about was keep it going and then you know after all of that was when we started thinking about the next record. And I remember the first time I heard you guys, I was living in Dubai at the time, studying film. And and I, I remember hearing that that first time I heard you guys and I was like, wow, this band, you know, they got something. And then I remember seeing you guys in 2014 when I moved back to America. And uh, it was at, I think, The Door in Dallas. And I think that was the first time we all met. And, you know, I, I got to do guest vocals on that on that at that show and it was so crazy to go from being a fan from of a band to like you know getting to do something like that on stage especially just coming back to america kind of joining the scene and from doing like these silly vocal covers in my in my bedroom at home you know and like i say this on my own podcast all the time but like to the bands that have let me do things like that over the years like it's been so pivotal pivotal for me as a musician to be able to you know get a chance to do stuff like that so i mean a huge thank you to you guys for being one of the first bands to let me do that but what where in in 2014 what was the tour life like for you guys you had you had Aaron in the band and it was you had a different vocalist so tell me a little bit more about that that time frame 
first of all, you're welcome. But no, dude, you, we were too. We were super tight. You were amazing. Remember going down to San Diego and getting burritos? Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. So sick, dude. Um, fuck, 2014. Yeah, that was a trip. So that was like right when Aaron joined the band. I think we were doing. Um, so from then we did like Warp Tour. Where were we playing when you saw us at, at the door? Who were we playing with? I think you were with Hardest. Hardest. Oh, so who was the big headliner though? I feel like it was like Bless the Fall. Okay. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, it was Bless the Fall and Silverstein. Um, yeah. Yeah, so at that point we had bumped up from opening. We were no longer getting paid $50 a day. So, I don't know. It was just, we were finally seeing the progression that we wanted. That's kind of how 2014 was. Because shortly after that, or before that, I can't remember the full timeline, we were on Warp Tour. And tell me about Warp Tour. What was what was that like for you guys, being on Warp Tour for the first time? I remember, you know, the first time I got to photograph it, and it was huge for me. Uh, so what was it like for you to play Warp Tour for the first time? Uh, the first time was when we did two weeks, and we sucked. <laughs> we were so bad. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, right when Fragile Figures came out. And we had, like, oh, my gosh. I remember we had, like, a long drive the night before. We were touring in an RV at that time. And we go to get on stage, and, like, start playing sounds all jacked up everything's like it's just the first show of every tour like it's always like that then i look behind me and all of these people are watching us like i'm pretty sure maddie mullins was there kellen was there a ton of people and i was like today today's the day uh <laughs> that's how my first experience on warp tour was but it gradually got better i think that venue that we played actually had a, a theme park at it too so everybody got to go to the theme park um, after they were done with work and everything. But Warp Tour is just hard, dude. You know that. Yeah. It's brutal, you know? Like, my first time doing doing the full thing uh, was 2017. And it was the, I tell people, it was the best summer of my life and the worst summer of my life all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely had a lot of fun, though. Um, you were out probably grinding all the time though because you were doing what were you doing you were doing interviews and stuff didn't you interview us a few times yeah so i i interviewed you guys in like i feel like it was like 2014 at warp tour 2015 i can't remember the timeline anymore but yeah 2017 so 2014 i did like eight dates across the country because i was simultaneously on tour with this other band from ohio and that was my first time on tour and I had just emailed Kevin Lyman and was like, hey, I want to photograph Warp Tour. And he emailed me back and he was like, okay, yeah, just let me know what dates you want to come to and you can shoot it, whatever. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to interview these bands just because like, that sounds cool, you know? <laughs> and so I got to interview you guys and, and for today and like all these bands. And it was just a really cool opportunity to kind of dip my toes into the, the metal scene, the metalcore, whatever the scene more and... Yeah, 2017, I was working for Alternative Press Magazine for 
the whole the whole run of warp tour just making content constantly and it was exhausting and so i can't imagine having to perform at something like warp tour like for seven weeks straight you know like that's brutal yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty crazy it's that easy just one email huh <laughs> fucking amazing where opportunities <laughs> lie dude just by asking uh dude so literally yeah we were um yeah that was that was when we were going out and like walking the lines and selling cds when it was still lucrative like it, i think it slowly fizzled out to where people were just like fuck off dude we we're we're used to this every year we don't want to buy your cd but fucking 2013 and 14 we would go out every morning and walk the lines go eat go set up uh play at whatever time get hammered and just rinse and repeat the whole time luckily i was super young then because like i can't (laughs) if i drink once i'm done for the week it's insane (laughs) how (laughs) how much i've aged out of the party me that used to that, that it used to be but man like i look back on it now dude i feel like i would just be sleeping the whole time i would do the the work that i had to do and then go straight to my bunk yeah definitely it's exhausting man and i don't know how how like like i've never i don't drink you know that like i've never been the party type like i don't know how people can do that and perform and work and drink and again and again and again and again like that's crazy to me and to watch people do that every day and just struggle to keep going you're just like oh my god yeah what well a lot of people that do it i know the reason that i do it is because i just am always scared to be in front of people like i'm just anxious as shit in front of mm-hmm. like a crowd so just recently before all of this happened last year on uh, we did the scary kids tour i'm probably skipping ahead of questions that you had but that's all right we're just gonna go joe rogan about it <laughs> for a minute. yes love it uh, <laughs> uh like I, it was like the first time where i would only drink like on certain nights so i'd be going out in front of everybody sober uh and it i finally started getting used to it but i know that before it was just way easier for me to get over the crowds so I know I know for a fact that a lot of mm. people have that problem too. It's just kind of something yeah. that you think that you have to do, but you don't actually have to do. Yeah, it's, I think it's a huge mental game, you know, like people that have anxiety. And it's crazy that, you know, so many artists do struggle with things like anxiety, depression, things like that. And we put ourselves in the exact position that is like the, the most anxiety prone position you could be in in front of a crowd performing <laughs> yeah well people gotta hear your shit dude so you gotta get up there like you Absolutely. write it because you're depressed or whatever and then it's like oh now i gotta go play mm-hmm. it like you know when I, before i got um before all of secrets happened i played like a show once a month maybe and we had to like sell tickets for it so i was way more stoked about the opportunity then but but, but when it started becoming this thing where we had to go on stage every night and had to be like perfect every night and where people actually cared about us more so um that's that's when it started becoming even harder to deal with because there's so all that pressure on you but yeah definitely you know i think most artists deal with that shit but 
Some people are just cool, calm, and love writing, and that's it. And I'm so happy for them. That would sure be dope. (laughs) Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit and talk about, you know, when everything came to a halt last year, like coronavirus, you know, this whole COVID thing is has been super detrimental to the music industry. So for you guys, like, did you have things planned for 2020? And, and what, what did you do whenever you got the news that like touring was basically shutting down indefinitely? Uh, we were just about to, we were, I think a week away from leaving on a headliner. And then like every, left and right bands started canceling shows my girlfriend's actually um, a sound engineer, and she works uh, for Zach Brown. And uh, she was out on tour for two weeks, and then they canceled their tour. And I was like, "Shit, maybe they're just too big, and so they can do that." But we're we're still about to do this tour. Like, maybe it's not that bad. And it gradually got worse and worse and worse, and then we were stuck at home, and that was it. So, I guess. Uh, what was the what was the final end of the question that I need to answer right now? Uh, just like what what did you guys do from there? Like how did you how did you pivot or like what did what like what basically like what did you do after everything came to a halt? Like as a band, uh, we sat at, sat at home and wrote, wrote songs. <laughs> that was just, that was it. I played a lot of Warzone, Call of Duty, <laughs> <laughs> like like a lot. Okay. Too much. I would wake up and <laughs> Too just do it because we couldn't leave the house at all. I think Nashville opened up way sooner mm-hmm. than everywhere else because it's the South and, you know, you got a party, boy. Uh, <laughs> but, dude, it was like, it was crazy. Yeah, man. It seems so far away, but also not. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been an entire year since this thing kind of kicked off, and it still seems like it was just yesterday that it happened, but it's been a year. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I can't imagine being um, the person that I was back when I was like, it was dope for about a month, (laughs) like waking up and be like, dude, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to play video games all day. (laughs) I still have that in me, but not for that long. Yeah, definitely. And like for you as somebody that, you know, toured full time to go from go, 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 go to now you're stuck at home playing Warzone and for for an entire month straight, you know, whatever. Like what was that transition like for you to go like mentally to go from touring full time to to not? So easy for a little while. It was like so easy because like I said earlier, my girlfriend does the same thing, but even more than me, she's gone even more. So ever since, like we met on Warp Tour, and since then we've both been going, and we would see each other for two weeks to a month max, or we'd have to fly out to see each other. So this was the longest, still this has been the longest time that we've spent with each other. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty great, but but then... More recently, I've been like, "Fuck, this is crazy." But we've been we we've still been working though because we went out and uh, I don't know if you were gonna 
asking. Yeah, we've still been working. I'll wait for the next question. It might just come up. Yeah, yeah. My next question was going to be like, what have you guys been doing? What have you been doing to continue to get an income to make money? Like, I know that a lot of touring musicians make a majority of their money on the road. So where where did you go from there? Just because this podcast is, you know, about we talk about uh, like financial independence and things like that and where income comes from and doing like multiple things. So for you guys, like, what did you do to keep that that rolling in? So I had a little bit of help from Music Cares uh, when it got like super rough. They gave they were helping out a lot of musicians and um, uh, road crew and everything like that. There was also a thing called For the Nomads, and then I still get you know royalties for four albums that we have. So it's little things that accumulate like that. I tried to do Uber for a minute, but it was just so slow because everybody was staying home. And then finally that started picking up again. So I've been doing that. And then we finally, oh, we've been releasing um, online things, just online sales. And so we take a little portion of that for ourselves. And then the rest would like just a small portion. The rest would all go into uh, the record that we were working on. And then for you guys, can you talk about being, because when you first started out, you got signed and then you guys were independent and now you're, you just signed with another label. Like what, what's it like to be both an independent artist and on a label? Like, can you talk about the perks of both and the cons of both? Uh, so the perks of being on a label specifically the label that we're on now, which is the label that we started out on Velocity, but they were an imprint of Rise. So it was basically like we were signed to Rise Records, but Velocity was started by a guy named Dave Shapiro, who's like, was the biggest booking agent within this realm. Uh, he worked for a company called The Agency, and I think he even became president of, of it. But I, you know, since I haven't been signed with the label, you know, like after it ended, I kind of stopped doing research on him. But I'll talk about that in a minute now that we're signed and he's the one who hit me up. But uh, not being on the label was cool because we um, we could do whatever we want. So we uh, we started releasing all the music on our own. And just being able to track everything without having to wait for whoever at the label to get back to us through emails or whatever. Everything was just faster because it was just between us. Like we didn't have a manager. We were doing it all on our own, which was awesome. But I think it's going to be different this time around now that we're older. We've been through both sides of it. So maybe we'll do another one and I can let you know how it's going. (laughs) <laughs> but we literally just signed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how it happened, dude. Yeah, please share. So we had paid to, we were still paying for everything. We flew out to Florida, started working with Tom Denny again, uh, and we did five songs out there. Um, and then we came back, and Dave actually manages Tom and he was he was emailing me it was something about uh 
how we were doing splits on the record for for writing and everything like that. I was like, we're we don't really know because we're not fully finished with it. Um, and he was asking how we're going to release it, <clears throat> if it was going to be through something like I don't know what what are the what are the things like CD Baby. What else is there? TuneCore. Yeah, CD Baby, DistroKid, Distro SoundDrop. Yeah, <laughs> distributors. Yeah. So he's like, "Are you still are you still on a publishing deal with BMG?" Because when when I was first on Rise for the all three records that we did with them, it was a publishing deal with BMG, and um, I was like, "No, I we're we're just doing it on our own through one of those those companies." He's like, "Hmm, I think I might have something to do about that." And uh, finally, he came back and he's like, got on a call. He's we talked for a while and he's like, "Dude, so labels back up." What do you think? And we're like, oh, okay. And he gave us the numbers and all the specs of the deal, like just rough specs. We're still, we still haven't officially signed it yet. We're going over everything with lawyers right now. But it was, it was pretty awesome to have the dude who gave us our career in the first place, and also the guy who freaking helped us write all the songs that got us to all the points that we needed to get to come back like full circle but everybody's in a better headspace and i just think it's going to be awesome that's absolutely amazing like i love hearing about things like that you know it's such a trip man going full circle like that like i was just talking uh last night i did an interview on someone else's podcast and they were asking like things i've done in my career as a videographer and they were like what was the first like rock show or metal show you went to and I was like oh it was disturbed nonpoint and flyleaf and then I was like holy shit I went from seeing flyleaf at my first rock concert to filming Lacey Sturm's first single for her solo music like several years later like a decade later and like it's crazy how shit like that happens like it, it's just it's nuts how the universe works like that it's pretty cool dude because even <laughs> like that is pretty cool, actually. Good shit. Uh, even uh, when when I was in that local band before, which was called Don DeFeo, we uh, we'd always be dreaming up ideas like, "Oh, dude, all we gotta do is get signed by Rise Records." <laughs> and when we get wow. that, uh, when we get that bonus wow. check for signing, <laughs> just getting full body tattoos, dude. There was no bonus check, but I. <laughs> 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 I did I did get like I did end up doing it and it's it's very cool. Wow. But there's there's all so more more on like how it is to be independent. It almost feels like people kind of like you're not in the cool kids club anymore, you know? That's how the music industry can mm. feel sometimes. Like we were on everything, doing everything, and then when we're independent, we're basically just headlining, working with our booking agent. And it became really hard to get really good tours that we'd had before. Um, so we we're like, fuck it, we'll just do it on our own. And then now it's it's really interesting to and awesome to know that, you know, people have been watching and and we still have value. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that you you guys have gone through several uh vocal vocalists like over the years and can you talk a little bit about reef, like adjusting your sound and changing your sound and, and molding around these different 
these different people that have come into the band uh, and how you've been able to continue to progress secrets like that. Yeah, so the first time, um, well, for the first two vocalists, I had only done one record with each of them. So that really, it didn't take that much of an adjustment. Uh, Working with Aaron, he was just easy to work with. We would come up with a topic, write our own parts. It's always that's pretty much what it's been the whole time. But Aaron and I related on a lot, a lot more than I thought. Um, and then Wade, Wade is just—he's like my brother. We've gone through a lot of the same stuff. We're we're pretty similar in in enough ways. I don't know. It's just he's he's like the one that's been there for for multiple albums now. He's. I don't know. He's not going anywhere. It's it's him and I right now, you know? Like, that's it. Yeah, and I love that, you know, he's he's been able to... Like, you guys worked so well together and you sound so well together, and it's it, he has definitely become a huge part of Secrets, and I think that the two the way you two work together and write together is, is beautiful, you know? It's absolutely astounding how you guys can write together like that and just to watch secrets grow over time and go through their changes and continue to grow despite, you know, going independent and despite all the challenges I'm sure you guys have faced as a band, both internally and externally, just to see you guys continue to go is, is amazing. And I'm super, you know, grateful to have been a part of, of watching that, you know, as, as well as, you know, the whole fan base, you know, out there. Um, so what do you guys have planned for after covid has died down and and tours can pick up again are you guys planning to head straight out are you uh kind of gonna wait and see how things go like feel it out and see how some other bands do first or like what do you guys have planned dude i i don't know i'm pretty sure our fucking record's gonna be out before we can actually go on tour but as soon as we get the okay then we're gonna go but you know as as of right now we're hoping october probably not but that would be dope Um, I think everybody's just ready to go right away to answer your question. And I think everybody's ready. Everybody else, fans, whatever, are excited to see shows just in general. But it's going to be a trip, dude. It's going to be so weird. I've done a few shoots at at some live stream concerts. You know, I did one for Slaves and I did one for Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. And that was like, incredible to go to a show for the first time in pretty much a year just to even though there was no crowd you know it was just me the band and maybe like five to ten other people in the room and just to have the experience of having a show and then not only that but I joined a band recently that's based out of LA called Matriarchs and we played our first show together as a live stream show at the Whiskey A Go-Go and that was my first show in America with a band ever like it was it was crazy to just have like my first show in Southern California, like at the whiskey live live streamed for the whole world to see. And like it's it's just nuts how how this pandemic has like it's it's brought like weird opportunities like that. But I definitely think that people are going to be more grateful and more appreciative of live music when we do get to go back to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're a natural performer, so I'm sure it wasn't that crazy for you. But (laughs) 
Yeah, the whiskey it was awesome. go goes dope. Yeah, great. that's awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool, dude. Uh, did you end that with a question? I forgot because you were in the middle of your sentence, and I was I wanted to give you I wanted to give you praise. You know. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, no, there was no question there. I was just rambling. Yeah, I think I was. Oh, oh yeah, I was talking about. I think it's gonna be just weird because it's already like. A trip going to a gas station out here, you know, or like I want to, I want to give people a hug or like a handshake or anything when I when I see them out in public, you know, like stranger stranger interactions. I don't want to be that far apart. Usually, it's like, dude, hey, what's up, man? Like, can I help you with this or things like that? Just walking around a grocery store, it feels weird for some. Like somebody stopped me in Denver. Actually, we were out in Denver. Uh, Ashley and I, my girlfriend, and we were both wearing Secrets hoodies. And this guy um, stopped us, and he's like, "Hey, what's what's that? What what are these sweaters?" And she was like talking to him. I was like, "Oh, it's his band, blah blah blah." And he's like, "Oh, he like kept us at the grocery store for at least five minutes." asking us questions and then got like the Instagram handle and stuff. And like in my head, I was like, dude, normally that shouldn't feel that uncomfortable, but because of what's happening, everything feels uncomfortable. Like I watch movies where Mm. people are like hugging or like in crowds and I'm like, why are they? (laughs) It's so fucking weird, dude, what it's done to my mentality with being around people, which is something that I have to do as a job. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're watching a movie and you're like, they're not social distancing. Where's your mask? Dude, so weird. I have to stop my brain. But like, that's, that was filmed a while ago. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy how our mentalities changed, like you said, like from then to now. And it's just like, what a weird, what a weird situation we're in. Like, the, I, I forget to like sit back and realize like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, dude. The the world is upside down for sure. And then there's all Absolutely. this like drama with anti-maskers and all for maskers and stuff like that. I'm all for masks, by the way. But I'm getting to the point where I don't have the energy to like get upset at people. I'm just like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. have the energy to be against anti-maskers at this point i'm starting to lose Mm -hmm. it a lot in a weird way isn't it that's weird too yeah definitely but i get what you mean i get what you mean about being like just over it like you know what don't wear your mask enjoy your covid whatever yeah yeah exactly i think nash like being in the south too kind of because because i've gone back to california i've just had to travel a lot i'm so sorry world it's something i've had to do throughout like some of this time (laughs) (laughs) i've also been tested and i'm i'm good but who knows maybe i'm sick now i don't know but freaking a dude the difference in some cities is out of this world california everybody for the most part everybody's wearing masks everybody's pretty pretty good about it nash like out in nashville maybe like 50 percent. I don't, I don't know i'll go in like a gas station clerk is wearing it and then florida is just typical florida like nobody <laughs> dude <laughs> oh man it was texas crazy. it doesn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah i bet i bet as soon as you start head 
But then I'm sure in like New York and bigger, you know, bigger cities like that that are, it's probably all the same. It's just like, yeah, it's so weird seeing the difference in so many places. Denver was pretty good too, but everybody's, you know, smoking weed. They're all vibey and like, hey, man, True. peace and love, baby. <laughs> peace and love. <laughs> oh my god yeah i went to denver a couple months ago actually and you're right they're 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 pretty good there but you're right they're definitely very like everything's fine man it's chill we're chilling it's yeah good. you want some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i lived there for a while and i i liked it a lot dude it was cool it was pretty chill man i've lived in too many places Kay. you and me both man i've been all over the world and it's like I've been in California for like since 2014. That's a, this is the longest I've been anywhere ever. It's crazy. That's a long time. I feel like you're gonna be <laughs> in California. Probably I'm like, should I? Should while. I move? Yeah. Well, where, yeah, where I love it go? out here. Where do you want to go? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I love it here. I had a, a like a gig offer in Nashville actually for a drum company um and they they were trying to find like a content creator last year before covid like hit yeah and uh i was highly considering relocating there for that job but they ended up shelving the job because of covid unfortunately but i was pretty close pretty close to going out to nashville it's it's really sick out here (laughs) like honestly but but you're gonna trade uh you'll trade your vans in for boots you know no i don't i don't know you probably start doing a lot more country for sure but dude surprisingly like so many people in our in our world are out here it's crazy i know that like a bunch of people from bayside our last night Haley from paramore yeah my neighbor maddie memphis mayfire he's out there yeah it's cheap it's cheap yeah you can get like a whole ass house (laughs) yeah i did Probably wouldn't be in one if I was in California. I'd be renting a one bedroom, dude. Yep, true. Oh God, yeah. it's so expensive out here. <laughs> yeah. Are you in LA now? And for why? No, so I'm moving down to San Diego in April, actually. Well, I know why San Diego is so expensive. It's beautiful. True. It's amazing. It's the real Southern California of California. That's what I always say to you. I feel that way so much. LA is too weird for me. Anaheim is too yep. like bro-ish. I don't know. <laughs> and then You're San right. Diego yeah, so is true. just chill. It's right there next to Mexico. You have the best Mexican food. Yep. Like it's amazing how bad the Mexican food starts to get worse as the further you go up north. It's, I guess it just changes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm biased for sure. <laughs> so you can't yeah i'm always gonna say san diego has the best mexican food so don't listen to me oh because you're right yeah I am you're right, right though you're right i'm right <laughs> all right man so we're gonna wrap this thing up i got one more question for you and that is it's a big question so here we go what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started music oh man Probably don't drink every day before you go on stage. That would be the one. Because uh, then I would be able to do it more often now. Um, no, I guess... Uh, 
Damn, dude, that is a big question. Let me think about it for a minute. What's something that I do that I've decided to do now that I didn't do back then? I guess be more social um, on tours. Yeah, that's one. You're really good at, like, networking and being out, you know. But I don't know, dude. It's hard for me. Like, we've hung out. We've had good times, but it's hard for me to approach people on the road a lot of the times. Like, they'll have to come to me, and then people think you're an asshole because you're not going to talk to them. But it's scary when you're, going, <laughs> when you're like, on tour with a band that's headlining over you. It's just intimidating sometimes. So that's one thing. I wish I could just get over that and go. I would have, ba- back then, gotten over it and just gone and chilled. There's probably so many other things. I I made so many mistakes throughout this whole thing, and I probably will make a lot more. But those are a few. Sweet. And uh, if people want to listen to Secrets, if they want to follow you guys on social media, if they want to follow you specifically on social media, what are your tags? Where can we find you? Uh, so secretsofficialband.com will have everything for Secrets. And then my Instagram and Twitter handle, which are the only things I use, are I'm Richard Rogers. I am, no A, I am Richard Rogers. No D, Rogers with a G. So that was my episode with Richard Rogers from Secrets. If you guys have never heard of Secrets, you should absolutely go check them out. They've got a lot of amazing music for you to consume. And if you want to follow them on social media or if you want to follow Richard on social media, all the links are down in the description as well as my links in the description. So if you guys want to follow me and my journey, you can do that as well. If you're new to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. If you're a veteran listener, if you liked this episode, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback at the bottom of the Project Freelance podcast page on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a rating and feedback, I will actually send you a signed photo print. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Project Freelance. I'll talk to you guys next week. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, and go create something.